Pub Crawl Season 1 Episode 1 we have Mondal with us hello mondal hello itself it's been and an exciting week how's the week been well it's been a super exciting week if we look at the nba let's look at nba let's start from nba let's start from the NBA. who do you want to well, mention first well uh let's start off with the warriors and it's my first obviously obviously mondal is going with warriors so nobody was ever expecting them to be this good at this point in the uh, season because we started off with the Lakers, then the Clippers, which were surefire losing games, and somehow the Warriors got out of them. Not only did they get out of them, they, they absolutely blow, blew the Lakers and the Clippers away. So, well, uh, let's start uh, talking about the Warriors' offense a bit, shall we? Okay. Curry. Are you going to mention Curry? Well, of course, we're going to mention Curry, but uh, see, the Warriors, the beauty of the Warriors' offense is that it is not completely dependent on one person like Steph Curry. Even when Curry is sitting on the bench, having a breather, the bench is going. There's Jordan Poole, there's Nemanja Bjelica. They're absolutely going. They're absolutely running, which is the beauty of them. Are these new players? Well, Jordan Poole is actually in his third year in the NBA, but this is sort of his breakout season. He has been sort of on and off for the last couple of years. Well, the Warriors have been on and off for the last couple of years because of injuries and all. Is a Clay Thompson biking in the middle of... Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a very exciting thing because Clay Thompson is going to be back by Christmas. and That's what they're predicting yeah. right now. And the league should be afraid of the Warriors oh. at this point. But would he be any good coming back after such a long time and recovering from his injury? Well, yeah, see, the he was injured for like two years. Uh, that's a pretty long it's time a long for a time. professional athlete. But well, you see, uh, the player's shooting touch shouldn't be affected a lot because... Like, it doesn't affect, uh, the injury doesn't affect the hands or something like that. Uh, he's still going to be in full rhythm. And if you look at his practices right now, yeah. he is still knocking down 12, 13 threes in a row. Like, like it's nothing. Like, I saw a clip Yeah, but of, the match pressure is different, right? Yeah, that's true. Of course, like, again, Clay Thompson is known but for I think, I think they'll start him off slow, uh, bring him for a couple yes, of, of course, minutes of course, and then... Yeah. They'll Get probably start him again in the same uh, start running him with the second unit. Uh, start with like play Jordan okay. Poole at point guard and play Clay Thompson as a shooting guard, uh, so that he can slowly get integrated into the offense once again. Uh, so yeah, okay. Talking about Clay Thompson, he is good at two things. He is first of all one of the best shooters in the NBA history, and he's also a very good plus defender. Okay. So. I think that's the one thing that's going to be affected by the injury a lot because his defense is sort of uh, dependent on his athleticism along with his size. His size won't be affected, obviously, but his athleticism, his lateral quickness will be affected a bit. So, we're expecting Clay Thompson not completely at 100% for the injury, but he'll still still be a very valuable part of the team. Do you think the team would have moved ahead of Clay Thompson in the sense that uh, the team would have to dial back some of their poses to reintegrate? Uh, no, I don't think so because see, right now whatever Clay Thompson used to do for the Warriors at that point, three players are doing it right now for them. Basically, yeah. Damian Lee, Jordan Poole and who's that other guy? What is his name? Nemanja Bielica. So, so basically what Clay Thompson, when Clay Thompson comes back, those guys are going to be going to the second unit and Clay Thompson is going to be become the starting shooting guard or small forward wing player. So, I don't think that it's going to dial back the Warriors anymore. Right? Okay. That's interesting to hear. But I think, 
are you seeing that with a dash of optimism because it's your team or well of course of course there is a bit yeah. of optimism in there i'm hoping cleo thompson comes back to his 100% okay. fitness and like wrecks the league again with 37 points a quarter that's that's cleo thompson we know but of course we are not going to get a 100% cleo thompson as we said but i'm hoping it's close somewhere like that okay uh, now that we've covered cleo thompson can we talk about the game of warriors against atlanta hawks oh yeah one of the best games uh in the league so far it was a great, great match up to start with because trey young is supposed to be the next stephen curry and basically curry taught him a lesson that bro you went there yet <laughs> you we are there are still levels to this yeah, game yeah, yeah. basically trey young dropped something 28 i think he mm-hmm. dropped 28 points and that's a that's a good decent amount yeah, a, point for a, like a point guard and a good scorer that's also against a team like Yeah that's also against a, a, a good defensive team like the Warriors but then Steph Curry came in third quarter Warriors came in and everything was gone the Yeah that's Hawks I think had points is a Hawks I think had a lead of like uh, 15 or something at one point in the second quarter and third quarter Warriors is a thing it's a real deal you can't really rule the Warriors off in the third quarter we had Trey Young at 28 points yeah, yeah 28 points so See that's a very decent amount that's above league average for a he's a good scorer. Okay talking about uh Trey Young so I think yes. I think he's portrayed as a wrong way in NBA. I think he's considered I don't know villain but people are not get the hype of Trey Young. I think he's a damn good player. Yeah he's a great player. I mean I think right now he's like one of the premier point guards in the league. See, uh okay talking about Trey Young I think he has dropped off slightly ever so slightly than his past season just because of the fact the nba rules have changed mm-hmm. the season uh, like the f- uh, shooting foul rules have changed which is has affected some players really adversely like james harden who used to depend on mm-hmm. <laughs> grabbing shooting fouls and creating free throw chances so yeah. uh, damian lillard is also one of the players who used to like flop and get yeah. points like that so that's one of the things that's uh, that has kind of uh been uh, do you like this change do you like the change in the rules yeah it is a great change in the rules because uh see when we used to watch james harden at the rockets it was all iso ball it was boring like the four okay. players yeah. they just stand up or stand there james harden dribbling 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 finds a lane and gets a foul that's that's boring man when you watch the warriors you see ball movement you see every player moving even curry off the ball he is one of the best yeah. of the ball players 10 assists he had 10 assists he had 10 assists Curry is one of the best off the ball movers. Most of the chances he creates from the beyond the arc, they are off the ball movements. And James Harden doesn't do that. When whenever he passes the ball, he's off the game. He's just gone, just four versus five. So that's boring. So I think right now the game is much more, you know, equalized. Equalized. Yeah. Talking about foul, I think we got to talk about Marcus Murray fan never. Oh shit! Joker. Oh shit! Marcus Morris I think um, Marcus Morris Mark, Mark. Marcus Morris the other twin so yeah Marcus Morris uh, sort of i think invited it yeah. yeah he invited it he i think hit where he shouldn't have like two levels above him Nikola Jokic <laughs> basically see i think it's going to be a bit political but i'm still going to go ahead uh Marcus Morris is an american and Jokic is coming from a place Russia where, yeah. Uh, I think a Latvia or Serbia I think 
See, those guys have bombed bombings <laughs> every day. So you don't just go and fuck up something like that and wish and hope there's nothing coming from that. So I don't think it was a cheap shot from Jokic. Markif Morris just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. bought in his face and then Abs- walked away. Absolutely. I, I like totally that. agree with that. And I think it was undeserved. It wasn't like uh, Jokic yeah. was out to get the team. Yeah. He was just playing his normal game where Morris suddenly yeah, came Morris out. Cheap shot yeah, him. Morris basically cheap shot at him. So yeah. it's he, totally deserved. Yeah. Jokic is a Serbian player. Yeah. So well, I love the swag. Where <laughs> he just hit him with a <laughs> behind the. That was absolutely fucking amazing. I think Jokic yeah just lost it. Mother Russia, yeah. Mother Russia <laughs> came into it. That kind of thing. But Jokic I think like, yeah. So uh, uh, Shaq and Berkeley were talking about this where they said that uh, if you if you take a swing at me, don't show your back to me. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Otherwise, I'll fuck you up. Exactly. Yeah. You you don't just achieve shot a guy yeah, and then and just then walk, walk away like that. You're gonna yeah. get it back at some point. Oh, dude, the meters, he was just thrown by that shot. Yeah. And this wasn't even yoking yeah. with his full. It was just his shoulder. Yeah, so, like, see, basically, Marky Morris hit above his pay grade and yeah. got what he deserved. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so... Do you think they should uh, be suspended? No, I don't think so. It's, uh, it's I think, a very regular thing happening. I no, think but it was I, I think... Serious. If you... Uh, see, when we see this standalone incident of Jokic versus Morris, uh, yeah, it doesn't have that much of an impact. But uh, what do you think it does to the spirit of the game? Well, see, uh, the spirit of the game is about fighting and grit, grinding it out. So, see, I feel like it's... No, it's not about okay. cheap shots, right? It's not yeah, okay, about... okay, yeah. So, if you say whether Markeef Morris should be suspended or not, I think, yeah. For a longer duration than Jokic, at least, because uh, see, Jokic was trying to get back at him. So, yeah, I think if you are suspending him, maybe give Markeith Morris a longer sentence than Jokic. But should Jokic get a sentence? Well, if you are considering giving Morris a sentence, yeah. then I think it should be for Jokic too, because yeah. you again, yeah, it's you not fighting, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though, like, it was deserved, it was, yeah, yeah. but still, yeah. Okay, so while we are talking about Jokic, let's just look at his numbers for a minute. Uh, he is like, I think he's an MVP contender, top three. Yeah. He's a MVP contender. He's 26 years old. Yeah, and he's like probably the best center in the league, best big man in the league right now. Is he a playmaker though? He is a playmaker. He is like one of the best passers. His yeah. passes are better than some of the point guards out there. Whoa. Like you have to look at his no look passes and like amazing. How do how did that even happen? What amazing code vision. I think it's uh, something that you know Well, let's just uh quickly look at his stats. 21-22 season, twenty six rebound twenty six points, thirteen rebounds, six points per game. Twenty six points per game. Damn. 13.8 rebounds, 6.3 assists from Whoa. a center. 6.3 assists from a center. Yeah. He's yes. that good. He's that good. I think this is a good season because when you look at his career, yeah. uh, his overall points per game is what, 18? Overall points per game. Yeah, 18.7, 9.9. Of course, Which he's... Which is decent, but still, yeah, but like, but see, compared to this season. Yeah, so look at it. Uh, so basically... He's 26 years old. He's been growing till now. Like right now, 26 year to 30 years, I guess, this is a prime, prime. the prime yeah. years for a center. So I don't think this is gonna normalize to something okay. below. I think this is gonna be somewhere around like 24, 25. 
points a game, That's along with nice. 10, 11 rebounds. But his assist number, you look, he, yeah, it's, it's been consistent. It's been consistent. He's got like the 66 assists, 7 assists every uh, every season, you know. So, he's truly amazing. Like, he's one of the players, like, when he got drafted, he wasn't like a huge prospect, but he came into the league screaming. So, yeah. Yeah. Besides that, okay, so this playmaking big man thing, this has not only been a thing about Jokic. Uh, if you look at the Warriors again, uh, right after Steve Kerr came in, in 2013-14, mm. uh, before that, the Warriors used to play pick and roll with Steph Curry and the big man under uh, Mark Jackson, was it? Yeah. So, right now, so when, when Steve Kerr came in, what he did was he basically introduced playmaking bigs that was his point the point guard curry clay thompson they wouldn't be handling the ball the bigs would be handling the ball bigs like did draymond green mm-hmm. andrew bogut good passing bigs so that was the game they would be moving off the ball trying to create chances of screens and the big man would pass to them and they would score so this is this has been a trend in the league so far it's not like a standalone thing that Jokic okay. is doing it himself I think we'll have to have a separate conversation about Steve Kerr someday. Yeah, like that's a huge thing. I think it's a it. very interesting yeah. story. We could make an, make an entire episode, episode about, about that. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about Dallas Mavericks? Let's and, talk about Dallas Mavericks, okay? And uh, Luca, which is 3 points. I've got. Yeah, yeah, it was 3 points. But I've got one thing with to say. three defenders on him. That's my man. I mean, yeah, Luka Doncic, he is, he was supposed to be the favourites for the MVP this season, actually. So, but the one thing again, the foul rules have changed. Luka Doncic was one of those players who used to grab, draw draw fouls and try to get free throws and pad his stats from that. But I wouldn't necessarily say pad his stats because he's actually a pretty decent scorer. But yeah. Uh, still though and he is being affected by that so yeah but I mean I think Luca is like I think what, he's like 22 23 thing mm. or even younger can be can be younger than but I think he's 98 born yeah no it's he's 99 born okay so years. he's 22 years old so Fuck, he's as old as yours oh shit yeah this is pretty good for uh you know uh, self-esteem but uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so. it's good for Luca, but it's not good for us <laughs> so the thing is see he is going to have a growth yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna adapt have. his game to the new rules he's gonna have that at least we're hoping that he does yeah he will he, he will. will I think he will because like players like James Harden they won't have that chance again they're mm. already like at 30 they're at their peak yeah. like, so Luca, I don't I don't think we should worry about Luca's like points drop too much because He's going to get there once again. He's mm-hmm. going to adapt his game to this and he's going to do it once again. One thing I have to say about Luka though, he, I think he needs to put on a bit more muscle than he, he doesn't look like the premier NBA athlete when yeah. you look at him. Yeah. See, okay. Jokic also. Jokic, Jokic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jokic also. Like the same thing. He, they don't look like premier athletes. Look at Joel Embiid, look at Nikola yeah. Jokic and just imagine if, Nikola Jokic with all his skills had MBT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be even amazing. Do you think that that is an immigrant thing where if you talk about Jokic and Luka, <coughs> they both are from uh, from the Europe, from, from the Europe, from yeah, Europe, from yeah. Europe. 
So I think it, it probably has something to do with that because Dirk Nowitzki again, like one of the best yeah. European players to ever play in the NBA. He was also again another very lean sort of guy. He created his game. He played his game around soft touches, shooting. He based his game completely on that. But I think uh, since the NBA is becoming a bit more physical with their rules. So they probably should like especially yeah, should. especially Luka because he's gonna be the one dribbling and driving to the basket. Yeah. Nikola Jokic is gonna he yeah, is a shooter. He's a like but he still plays in the perimeter. But he is again still a big man. He's mm-hmm. got his height advantage. Luka needs to I think put a little bit more muscle so that he can like adapt to those. Things. Yeah. Okay. Talking about like you said about European players, right? Yeah. Look at Giannis. He's also a European player. He's Greek, a Greek god. He's Greek god. That dude has a physique. But he worked on his physique, right? Initially, yeah. He, okay. He was an interesting story about Yanis. He used to be a soccer player. Like, until he was like 15, 16. He used to play in the Greek soccer leagues. Smaller leagues. Oh. And... Wait, by soccer you mean football, right? Football, yeah, yeah. So, one day find one of the Milwaukee Bucks scouts found him there. So, his physique brought him into playing basketball. Great, I've heard this story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the NBA's featured stories, I think. Yeah. So, he just got him, got him to, like, playing handles and shooting. His shooting isn't still pretty good, great, but, like, that guy completely developed yeah. him and that's why Giannis is here where he is right now. So, yeah. Do you think he should move to Milwaukee Bucks? See, I think he uh, owes the Milwaukee Bucks his career a bit. So, like, no, I don't think so. But does he have any rings? He does last season. Oh, that was Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Last Ooh. season, the Bucks won the league. I'm still hung up on the Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah. the yeah. bubble game, the bubble yeah. season. Yeah. Ah, we. I really wanted the Heat to win that season. Oh, it was such a such an underdog story. Yeah, it was. It would have been great. Like they beat everybody in the East just to lose to the Lakers. That was a great great run. But yeah, eventually they came short. Butler, right? Yeah, Jim, but I think the the lot the it they had to it had a lot to do with uh, lots They're of players team, getting yeah. injured. Yeah, so they had Butler. They had uh, who's the Gordon Dragic? Gordon Dragic was great. Mm. Tyler Hero was great. Uh, Tyler Hero, yeah. Tyler Hero is right now putting up points like much better than Damian Lillard and James Harden. So Ooh. yeah, the league must look out for him. He's also in the up and coming. Yeah, yeah, he's also like one of the. He's also in the, I think twenty one, twenty two again. Yeah. Young player. So. Yeah, the NBA has a lot of exciting things going on. There's like two thousand one. He's two thousand. He's so he's twenty one. Okay, shit. Yeah, really doing well for our self esteem. Yeah, it's really doing well for our self esteem, <laughs> but. <laughs> Okay, we'll be moving on from that. Yeah, okay. let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah. We'll not talk about any player let's who has been more successful than us. Let's <laughs> <laughs> every player. Let's talk about Lakers. Let's talk about Yeah, so okay. Uh, I think the Lakers made a very, very bad mistake by, by bringing in Russell Westbrook. He absolutely does not fit their offensive scheme. What the Lakers were looking for in a point guard, like previously, they had a playmaker. Russell Westbrook is not a playmaker. He plays, he's a headstrong player. He just dribbles, drives, and may take some weird shots, basically. Mm-hmm. He takes long twos, which are basically the worst shot you can take. 
and you see Le- LeBron and AD are also very kind of pissed at him like in, during the games you see taking him making bad decisions do you think so, that will change with time would he be a would he fit in Westbrook the, has been in the league for uh, quite a long time. quite a long time he hasn't changed his game a single bit ever since his rookie season i don't think he's going to change now he has always been this player who shoots below 30% on threes like 25% or something like that's shitty for a point guard yeah he gra- he see basically this is probably an unpopular opinion but i think russell westbrook's uh, triple double season was sort of stat padding because you see uh, i have seen clips of this uh, hmm. what he was doing basically he used to wait for rebounds hmm. he doesn't he doesn't even care for his defender his player he wants to defend he would wait for the rebound let the guy who's taking the shot take the shot and then just grab the rebound even though steven adams the big man at the time was there under the basket it was his job to take the rebound but russell westbrook was taking them so that's basically stat padding and at the end of games when he was at like 8 or 9 assists he used to like coerce his players to like come on shoot it shoot it even though it's a bad shot okay i think he is never going to change he's going to stay this way and it's going to fail again i think russell westbrook is probably one of those players who's going to go down in history as without a ring uh, an all nba player without a ring so yeah russell what westbrook needs to succeed is four shooters and him playing as the main guy so that he can pass to those shooters and they can do the job for him this is a lot of westbrook bashing but uh, no no it makes sense he even got his nickname westbrick because of that there's a lot of interesting game going on i think if you were to look at football think let's uh change our focus up a bit and look at the world of football yeah sure 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 so right now the international break is going on yeah. so we have we can catch up on all the things that have happened and discuss going ahead what is going to be happening probably in the world of football so shall we discuss the latest transfers for start with yeah okay so the first transfer i think uh since i'm a real madrid fan i'm going to again start with my favorite team uh they had two acquisitions in the summer one was a free agency signing and it was a damn good signing david alaba he basically what people were thinking was since sergio ramos is finally going away we need a leader in the dressing room david alaba is not going to be that but he has exactly fit into that role he is leading that defensive line and okay the warriors are not uh, why am yeah. i calling it warriors yeah. the real madrid is not that great defensively as they were in zidane era and the Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane era. But you can't really expect them to go to that peak 20 goals a se- 20 goals given uh, throughout a season when two of your best centre-backs have left and you have replaced it with one and another is Adam Militao is a good guy. He's a good player but he's still not like Sergio Ramos or Rafael Varane. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Where's Marcelo? Marcelo is still at Real Madrid. Uh, he is the captain of Real Madrid. Ooh. But he is not playing. He's not the playing captain. what position is he playing left back he is a left back but he has barely gotten any game time and i don't think he's going to be getting any more mm-hmm. game time cuz he has lost his athleticism he's he's just a locker room guy at this point yeah pepping up the team yeah. he's pepping Maybe up the youngsters so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of the team okay so the other Wait, other Alaba, signing... isn't he a barcelona no no no, no. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so the other signing that Real Madrid made, uh, made 37.5 million euros for Eduardo Camavinga. Camavinga was, once again, one, one of the most outed youngsters in the French league where he played. Uh, stayed, uh, Rene, I think. La Liga? Uh, French league is uh, Ligue 1. Yeah. Uh, where PSG yeah. rules, basically. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, he was also like very touted guy but he was still quite unpredictable he's something 18 yeah. he's an 18 year old so nobody knew much about him outside of the French league and mm. people who watch the French league so what he is what I'm looking for in Eduardo Kamavinga right now is basically to become a sort of an all-round central midfielder so we have Federico Valverde who's going to be replacing Modric not step by step for step he's not as a good as good a dribbler, uh, but he has got that uh, athleticism. He's got that you know stamina to run up and down the pitch and be a box to box midfielder. So what I'm expecting from this current generation of midfielders, uh, Eduardo Camavinga, Federico Valverde, is basically they are going to be replacing Tony Kroos and Luka Modric. That's the aim that's of a, the team. That's very big shoes to fill. Yeah, but uh, they are not going to be filling it completely. Like Eduardo Camavinga is not going to be filling Kroos's spot like like Absolutely, point to point. Yeah. Uh, Valverde is also not going to be doing the same thing for Modric. But what I'm expecting to do is again share those loads so that see Kamavinga is, is a very good dribbler. He is a decent passer. So is Valverde. I think since he's 18, I think they can grow into it a bit. So what I'm expecting is sort of a sim- similar offensive uh, scheme with slightly changed rules. Yeah. And at the attacking hard we have Benzema. Yeah, in the attack, we have Benzema and Vinicius. Okay, let's talk about Vinicius. The man has finally come. We were expecting Neymar to, the Neymar part 2 to arrive and he has. Vinicius Jr., everybody was bashing him up till this season. He can't score. He, all he's doing is a flashy dribbler. He should play freestyle football. He shouldn't, he's made up of professional football. 50 million gone to waste. And he is proving his haters wrong. Finally. He's got something what like uh let's check the stats for a bit. Okay. Year Okay, yeah. So year 2021, yeah. he played 35 matches, yeah. scored three goals, yeah, and three assists. Yeah. In 21 22, yeah. the man has scored 12 played 12 matches. Twice as less as he played the last season so yeah. far. And he's already scored seven goals. Twice as more than he scored yeah. the entire 2021 season. He's scored more goals in this season alone than he did in the past <laughs> two seasons combined. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the man has finally arrived. That's yeah. all I can say. He has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think it's good for clubs to uh, finally invest <laughs> in some younger talent who can... Uh, grow and have that support given, have yeah. that good environment where they can actually grow and they can score. Yeah. So, see, Real Madrid's uh, basically transfer spending uh, have throughout the past, I'd say, four or five years has changed quite a bit. Before, like, when Florentino Perez come, came in, the first in the early 2000s, it was based on we are going to bring in the biggest stars in the game, we are going to be playing them and we are going to be winning. The Galacticos era. Mm. And we got some fairly decent players. We got David Beckham. We got Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, yeah. And players like that. Yeah. yeah. But 
they didn't win a lot by that and it was also a huge strain on the transfer revenue okay since we are not going to be earning a lot from that except for like merch sales and all that so with the current spending uh, scheme is basically uh, we are going to be bringing in the next the next youngsters the next gen like Vinny Jr Eduardo Camavinga yeah. Rodrigo grooming and them. we are going to be grooming them and once they reach that point we are going to be they are going to be either stars for our team Uh, yeah. or we are going to be selling them for a much higher price than we bought them so that's basically a very genius like i don't know man i i is even though they didn't win a lot but i think there was different uh yeah excitement for teams yeah, which yeah, had like when like you go which had, yeah yeah when you're thinking as a fan when you're thinking okay to see david beckham louis figo everybody playing ronaldo. in the same team ronaldo Everyone playing in the same team. Okay, that's something you gotta watch. But like, okay, like right that at that point of time, Real Madrid had a different standing in football than it mm-hmm. has now. Today, yeah. Right now, players, uh, teams like Man City, PSG, they are the biggest spenders. Real Madrid is not anymore. So it fit for that era, but it won't fit for this era. So it they need to adapt, cool. and they yeah. have. Talk about PSG. How is PSG doing? With we have uh, Messi coming in. Neymar, Mbappe, Mbappe. You also have Ramos. Ramos has so far been injured for the yeah, which, which was he's in the yeah, team. He's yeah. in that so, space. Yeah, I think PSG are not gonna be are not gonna reach the the goals that they had thought of before the start of the season. Messi is in in my opinion he isn't working out at PSG. He is playing at the sub parlor and that. than he used to do at barca he is not very used to sharing the ball with his compatriots and neymar and mbappe also require a lot of the ball to be able to succeed in their roles so and i think mauricio pochettino as a manager is not suitable enough for managing such big stars like that at one point because he has never done that before the biggest star he has managed is harry kane and song hyun min and that's not yeah. even close to where that is So I think he's gonna get fired after the season, even even though they win the French league, because winning the French league is it's not a big not deal. a big deal for them. Winning the Champions League, that's what they got Messi in for, and they're gonna be losing Mbappe in December. Most surely be losing Mbappe because we can't say for sure until it's done. But they'll probably be losing Mbappe in next summer uh, through the pre-contact signings in the December. So Real Madrid, of course, yeah. it's been Mbappe's uh, dream to play at Real Madrid. So. Yeah, I think that's gonna happen. The deal is gonna happen, so they're gonna be losing him for free completely. Yeah. So that's gonna be another hit. Right. Would you like that hit? Because uh, you were saying that it's hard to manage that much talent. You requires that much of uh, time with the ball. Again, maybe it's good for PSG that they lose Mbappe, but again, I think they would rather lose a thirty-three-year-old, thirty-four-year-old Messi is thirty-three, thirty-four, than wanting to yeah. lose a twenty-one-year-old. Prodigy superstar like Mbappe, because Messi is. Let's be frank, he's going to be and uh, ending his career in like three four years. He's not at the physical level that Zlatan is. He is a, okay. He is one of the best players ever, but he is not a physical specimen like Zlatan or Ronaldo. He's not going to be continuing for that long. So I think it's sort of a down thing for PSG. They won't be getting the value there. I yeah. think they're extracting the Messi name for something else. Yeah, probably and because they probably got Messi, 
to get the brand value because PSG yeah. still isn't it it is a big name but it, it's it still isn't name, a legendary name like Real Madrid, Bayern yeah. Munich, Barcelona. I think that one is trying to create that tradition and that legacy that these yeah, clubs yeah, yeah. have where superstars Man from City all the eras have played there. How Man City and PSG are trying mm-hmm. to do that totally, but so far they have been unsuccessful. I mean, Man City has been successful. They nearly got there until yeah. Chelsea thwarted them this uh, past Champions League. But yeah, I think Man City are becoming Man City. I think actually a lot more successful than PSG are in that regard because so far PSG have gone to the Champions League final, but their performance there was very subpar. And the season, everybody knew it was going to be Bayern Munich winning that because they were dominant. They had not dropped a single point in their road to the final. So. I think Man City are doing a lot better than PSG in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Bayern Munich. Talking about clubs that are ruled by uh, Middle Eastern tycoons. Oh, let's talk about Newcastle United, the new tycoon. Oh, I, I was I was aware that PSG was bought by yeah uh, Nasser Al Khelaifi, the mm. PSG chairman, the PSG president. So, and the, so I I watched a video essay where. Uh, it showed where why companies like why oil companies are investing in football, okay. and the entire reason why they're doing is to have a to have a good uh, brand name because at the end yeah, of the day they are the ones that are fucking up the yeah, yeah exploiting the yeah. everything yeah so yeah Newcastle had a huge issue with that thing because they could not have been taken over the fans wanted the takeover mm-hmm. but. Uh, the Premier League was keeping it uh, locked down because uh, the humanity rights issues and all that. I think that was a good decision. Yeah, so it was a, like, initially it was a good decision, but finally they gave in because uh, apparently the the prince, I think, is Mohammed bin Salman. I'm not sure. Okay, so, I, 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 yeah, Mohammed bin Salman, the prince of Saudi Arabia, he basically got uh, the public uh, interest fund, I think, the PIF fund, to invest in the takeover so that it is not directly ruled by the yeah, government but yeah. it is sort of so that's something again the it's a very sketchy deal but at the end of the day it's gone through the premier league wants money everyone wants money so yeah and then it went through and i think it's going to be interesting to say the least I don't think they're going to be getting any big superstars to start with. They're going to be have to mm. starting low with low. Like Man City and PSG have done. So they're going to have, like, that's going to be the best career path for them. How, how has Ronaldo's journey been in Manchester United? Well, Manchester United's acquisition of Ronaldo is, again, I think, interesting to say the least. Because, see, Manchester United were looking for a midfielder this transfer. No, they have Fred and McTominay. None of them. Fred is shit. Let's just start with Fred is shit. And McTominay, he is still not ready for the top level yet, I think. So, I think uh, they were looking for a midfielder. They were looking for a defensive midfielder who could replace Matic, basically. So that uh, Pogba has more freedom uh, up and down the pitch. Uh, But they basically didn't get that. And Ronaldo wasn't available to them. So... You can whenever Ronaldo is available, you can never say no to that. Yeah, that's sort of a rule in football. So basically, that's how the deal went, and Ronaldo is now at Manchester United, back home. Do you think that that would be a good place for Ronaldo to retire from football? It would be. Because it, it would be a story. It would be a storyline ending the yeah 
full circle the story went full circle yeah mm-hmm. but for manchester united's current ambitions i don't think ronaldo is the best player there he is not the best player when it comes to like sharing the ball once again he's very selfish known to be very selfish throughout his career so and plus he also doesn't put up much work in de- during defense and pressing schemes so that's going to be another issue the manager is going to be have to look out for the manager actually been under fire for quite some time he is like the coach is name ole gunnar sorsha the he is also actually a former man, former for player for manchester united yeah. himself so yeah i don't think they're going to be he's going to be the one to lead them to glory he is not that guy what do you think about the next uh, generation of managers next generation of managers as in uh, i said say include a player the players like pirlo zidane uh, javi who zidane is i think actually sort of well established he mm. you can't really call him a next gen manager because he's already won it and done it all at the top level mm. both as a player and as a man and a manager so i guess you can include pirlo and javi into that is well yeah so far iniesta iniesta is not a manager he's still playing at he's still uh, playing but uh, yeah he'll probably done. become uh, one of the staff of the manager at barcelona at some point like okay. they are very closely related mm. uh, to, the, to the club so yeah but he's right been now, leading the club so he might have a, some good yeah, idea yeah, about yeah. how to javi uh, is also actually yeah, yeah. right now the currently newly appointed barca manager we are yet to see him play yet to see him have any games with uh, at barca as a manager so the, excited for that Absolutely. but i don't think uh, people need to be people need to be patient with javi he doesn't have the team to absolutely lead them to winning titles like right now he has players that he needs to get rid of he needs to get rid of the deadwood like luke de jong like pk pk is actually not a deadwood i guess because he's a locker room guy but he is not providing anything of value from the pitch so yeah i think you need to give javi time before you can judge him as a manager uh, you can't really judge him based on his success at al sadd because that's a totally different scenario like barcelona is a whole different level so and i think he's not going to get that time because the fans are going to get impatient after some point as they did with komen rightfully so actually because he was not a very good manager and but he was also a club legend and everybody was expecting oh komen is a club legend he's going to be leading the club to glory and it didn't happen so you need to be patient with your manager before like calling out calling for shavi out and all that Okay, so let's Can talk we... about Bayern Munich for a bit, since you're a Bayern Munich fan. Okay, to talk about Bundesliga, what do you think about Haaland? One I of think, the guys, I think, one of the best players that's going to be gracing the football pitches yeah. for the next decade or so. I would like to see him much more competitive leagues rather than Bundesliga. In a sense, huh? if you talk about Bundesliga, we have the two giants. Dortmund and Bayern. Dortmund is against still not a giant compared to Bayern. It's not a giant compared to Bayern. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dudu. But still, I think we had Bruce. We had 
I would say Dortmund has a pretty good history when compared to They yeah, actually uh, they, do. they do actually. We had Godze from Mario Godze yeah. Uh, Marco Reus, Lewandowski himself is also, also from yeah. Dortmund yeah. Uh Mats Hummels is also from Dortmund. Mm, Hummels like, is also from. Yeah so yeah they do have but Bundesliga is still not competitive to that level at all it's mostly when the bundesliga starts people know it's going to be bayern winning yeah I mean, hey, so like if they don't win that's like a pretty <laughs> huge upset so yeah but still yeah let's talk about bayern munich in the champions league scenario they are not only absolutely demolishing whoever they see and the bundesliga they are doing the same thing in the champions league with bigger teams like benfica and barcelona do you think it's i think bayern has a good culture because i don't know why but Usually, Bayern seems to do. I think it has been in a good role. They were a yeah, a much more well meshed structure to the mm. hierarchy in the dressing room and the playing teams. Yeah, they do because you see, they had great managers. They had Jeff Hanks yeah. who won the first uh, of the decade. They had Pep also. also they yeah. had Pep at one point who didn't win much. Like, of course, he won the Bundesliga because that's yeah. what Bayern does. But Yeah, Pep didn't have much success at the at the Bundesliga, I guess. But yeah, they had pretty good managers who have instilled good theories and good philosophies into the players and into the team as a team whole, which holds. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So let's talk about uh, talking about uh, team philosophies. That's again one thing that will hold back Xavi, according to me, because what he's saying is. Uh, that you can still play tiki taka you can play with small not as physical players you can play creative football but right now i think the football played in the international level in the club football is a lot more physical and players like, are changing generation yeah trends are changing players like javi yeah. and iniesta would have a much tougher time getting, getting to that level than um, they had actually so i think javi would have to adapt slightly from that because even pep guardiola the guy who started all this he has adapted he has adapted to a more physical play style so i think javi would have to do the same he better understand this quick or it will not going to it's not going to go down as well but i think it will still be interesting to him to apply those principles that worked back in the day and yeah. see how well they play out or they do not play out okay yeah so uh, kiki shatian the guy who before koman the guy who was there during the aid to humiliation he was also a, he was also a fo- 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 follower of cruyff he was also follower of that style of tiki taka football but uh it didn't go down well for him basically aid to is basically the culmination yeah, of what was going on it was not like a shock humiliation it was what everybody had expected it to be so that that didn't work out well so i don't think it's going to work out well here as well they need to find more athletic strong players they need to uh work more on their physical physique and their athleticism rather than only de- depend on skill i think uh real madrid and uh, barca are uh, at a similar position where they need to it's a low point for them where they need to build up their team uh, again i don't think so because see okay uh, i'm talking as a real madrid fan but this is a uh, sort of unbiased from me Barca are in a 1.2 billion debt. Yeah, Real Madrid have absolutely they are even showing a turnover of 800 something million this summer even after covid and all that. So 
uh, and Real Madrid are also top of the league right now. They have things going for them. They have a player like Benzema who is competing for the Ballon d'Or. They have a player like Vinicius who is again developing at a very accelerated rate right, suddenly. They have they still have Modric and Cruz. Modric is 35. Okay. But Modric at 35 years old is doing what 27-year-olds wish they did. So they still got some things going for them while Barcelona don't have that. Barcelona are still but do grabbing you, at... Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But do you think that Real Madrid still has uh, some fire left in their belly to... Some fire left in their belly and some uh, talent on their pitch to actually take home trophies? They obviously have the talent. I think they are still favourites No, to... I'm talking about talent as well as their yeah, current yeah, yeah, form. Yeah. So, current form-wise, I think Real Madrid are doing pretty well because they are winning games. At the end of the day... Yeah, the defence is still poor. The defence is not completely meshed yet. But that always happens when a new manager is in charge. So, yeah, I think that's going to be sorted out pretty soon. But see, I think Real Madrid are still favourites for the La Liga this season. I'm sorry, I said the La Liga. It's La Liga. But, yeah. So, yeah. Real Madrid have the talent. They already have it. They have like players at the peak right now like Kotoa and Dani Carvajal and Alaba. They have players like Mendy who are helping out defensively. They have and they have a pretty well meshed offense right now. Under Zidane, Zidane's second uh, tenure in charge, uh, the offense kind of stagnated. It depended upon whether Benzema was doing something or the midfield was creating for themselves. But there was no clear offensive scheme. Right now there is. That's the difference I think. Uh, so the defense I think is gonna be. Uh, Messed up, and I think we have not seen the best Real Madrid yet from this team. Uh, while uh, talking about Barca, they are sort of grabbing at anything. Memphis Depay, Ansu Fati, he's just come came back from injury, and they are still trying to rehab and get him back, and he's still struggling. But yeah, it's not a good couple of years looking for, for Barca. Barca. Yeah, it's not a good couple to five years, I'd say. Good five years. I think they bounced back because there were yeah, a great the, legacy that I think does not need to get lost. Yeah, that's true because Barcelona, they were mediocre for the large part of the earlier football years. But they then they grew up to the stature of the one of the best clubs in Europe. And now it will be really sad. Like to even again, as a Madrid yeah, fan, yeah. see you don't want your rivals to like go completely down that destroys the competitiveness and the beauty of the football you don't want your team to like destroy everybody 7-1 8-1 every day you want some competitiveness you want some you know uh, fighting spirit you want the fans to like cheer whenever there's an El Clasico be excited absolutely you need proper villains you need proper rivalry to enjoy football you need need proper villains for there to be a hero right okay (laughs) I'm supporting your team but that's not the point the point is he the game lives above all. Yeah. So if one team dips, the other team's quality will also yeah. dip. So that's not a good sign. I think we discussed. I think we discussed uh, really two games today, but those are basically our prime scores. But I think it's a good note to end our pod, our first episode on that. Uh, the game is above all. Sport is above all. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good note to end. Reset model. You next week. Close it down. You next week with some games, some predictions, and mm, some more talk.
Absolutely. All right.